In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And we're going to have a lot of fun today. We're going to be talking about new industries and entrepreneurship. Now, last month, we took a look at leadership in digital fields. But this month, we're going to explore some new areas. But before we begin, I'd like to thank our listeners. We have listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from. And welcome back to our returning listeners. But if you're new to the show, let me tell you what this series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact change, globalization, digital transition is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance, generational management, and business values that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please download this series on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. In these series, you can listen to great advice, leadership success stories that you can learn from, stories that can motivate you, stimulate new ideas, and possibly even be the key to your future success. I invite you to connect with me. Send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Connect with me on my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. Tell me what you'd like to hear about. I'd love to get an email from you, so please send me an email. If you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure that you take home something for either yourself or your business. Now, on to what we're going to talk about today. At the end of Prohibition, there was a rush to begin to produce alcohol because alcohol was forbidden and then allowed. And many see parallels between then and now with the lifting restrictions on the cannabis industry. But many say that the current green rush will actually have even more impact on the economy than the reintroduction of alcohol in the 1930s. But it is not easy to grasp the entrepreneurial reins that are needed to make it in this new industry. Cultivation licenses are often viewed as the most valuable in, the high, in this highly competitive application processes where governments determine who is allowed to cultivate and dispense and who is not. But if you are an entrepreneur that has received a cultivation license, your company can see large returns and do also a lot of good. With limited competition due to restricted license, returns can be good, but also as availability is increased and more licenses are granted, competition may also increase. One thing that is also playing a big role in this new industry is technology. With state-of-the-art warehouses with clean room environments that resemble pharmaceutical production facilities, we're seeing more of these 
rather than traditional commercial agricultural. But no matter how you look at the cannabis industry, it's still in its infancy, and it takes strong entrepreneurial skills and great leadership to succeed. And we're going to talk to one of those great leaders today. I'd like to introduce Warren Brothel. He is an entrepreneur and the co-founder and CEO of Green Relief, a licensed producer devoted to bringing innovation and social responsibility to the medical cannabis field through the use of aquaponics. By combining aquaculture, which is raising fish, and hydroponics, which is soil-less plant growth, aquaponics organically stimulates a balanced ecosystem in which plants can thrive. And this is some of the new technology that I was referring to. Now, after graduating from Mohawk College in Hamilton, Canada, Warren became the third generation Bravo to join a family business, Bravo Cement Contracting. By the early 1990s, he climbed from journeyman cement finisher to company president, leading the business to become the largest concrete floor finishing company in Canada and building a worldwide presence. And in 2013, he took a leap of faith, leaving Bravo Cement to establish Green Relief, Inc., which is with he did with his co-founder, Mr. Steve LeBike. Their mission was to help patients improve their quality of life while furthering the science of medical cannabis and sustainable agriculture around the world. So welcome to the show, Warren. Wow, thank you, Kimberly. That was quite an introduction, and uh, you, you've got the bio. You've done your homework. Uh, thanks, for, <laughs> thanks for having me. So, so, Warren, first, my first question is, how did you make this leap? I mean, uh, starting a cannabis business is quite different than a construction business. What made you do that? Well, uh, it was it was basically a, an opportunity we saw to uh, get involved with an industry that uh, was, as you said earlier, in, just in its infancy. And, and uh, uh, we're, as an entrepreneur, always up for a challenge. And, you know, it's one of those uh, things you, you would be only restricted to the size of your company by the, your imagination. So we uh, saw an opportunity. And, you know, Steve, Steve and I are capitalists and, and uh, you know, uh, I don't know even know what what else to say. We we saw an opportunity. We thought, well, let's uh, let's see what we can do in the cannabis space, and here we are today. Wow, and and uh, that that that's just that's a great leap, and um, takes a lot of bravery. And what was what was the you you saw the opportunity, and uh, what was the biggest challenge that you faced when you took this leap? Man, oh man, there there were there were many. It's a, a ton of uh, intestinal fortitude was needed uh, in dealing. Well, so so as you said, I was a concrete contractor, so I was uh, uh, the master of my own destiny. Every day, I would coordinate my own projects. I would you know get the 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 manpower I needed to pour a concrete floor. It was relatively easy. And when you poured one big kind of box retail store, you poured them all. So getting those lined up, there was there was no real unique challenges. Uh, you know, every every job site's different, and they present their own opportunities and challenges but you know you adapt pretty well but you know this uh, this this space is uh, something that was unique and uh, not not uh, not ready for the regulatory uh, intervention that I had to deal with and that was the, that was the biggest one to overcome for me was was coming from an industry where I just did what I needed to do in a day now I'm waiting for answers from Health Canada waiting to uh, you know uh, changes in compliance and the regulations uh, that affect the industry there were a whole bunch of things I had to get used to and basically waiting for answers before I could proceed to the next step 
So as as an entrepreneur, you want to get things done and 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 kind of rush through things, and and we all want to see uh, results from decisions. And now it's kind of more like a hurry up and wait game uh, when it mm-hmm. comes to uh, dealing with the government. So that was a big challenge for me. So you're kind of waiting on somebody else, you know, waiting for somebody <laughs> putting, else, uh, putting the destiny in somebody else's hands. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, so during this process. Um, I mean, there are a lot of there are a lot of products out out there, and you specialize in certain products. So, how did you make a decision on on what you were going to, you know, what you were going to market and what you're going to produce um, as far as the different kind of products that are available in in the cannabis industry? Yeah, under, understood. The 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 big one was uh, we're we're a very client focused company because we're in the medical market and we're you know promoting products that will help you get through the day, a natural plant, plant-based plant product, but uh, uh, as a medicine. So we solicit feedback from all of our clients, and we have since day one, since we started selling the product, and with those responses and with that feedback, and then also dealing with the medical community as well, honing in on specific uh uh, we'll say uh, you know THCs and CBDs and combinations thereof to uh, to promote the efficacy for their for the, you know for the patients and if clients wanted to 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 see a specific uh, product to go out to the market then we would be we would accommodate that as well and you know it's all about the patients and and getting them to reorder and and promoting products that are that are effective and that are effective for for whatever their ailment is so uh, we listen to our patients uh, a lot and uh, find out and and look at the market trends and look at delivery systems and and all of the things and that has a lot to do with what skews we put out to the uh, to the public for consumption mm-hmm. and so you really had to you did you have to learn about this because if somebody asked me I would have no idea which products are used for what or even how they're used so was this a, a big learning process for you the the biggest and 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 again I'm not uh, you know I'm not a, a, a consumer you know I, I dabbled a little bit when I was back in back in high school you know smoking some mm. cannabis and that kind of stuff but I'm not a not a consumer in my adult uh, adult uh, age here and and uh, you know um, yeah well that that again talking to people who are way smarter than I am in the in the science world and figuring out these combinations and and basically uh, you know we have scientists working uh, at Greenleaf full time so you know we have a, a PhD botanist and he breaks down the plant for me and and uh, you know we figure out the the qualities of the plants and and how to how to best uh, extract the high, better qualities for uh, specifics in our laboratory and uh, it's a huge learning curve but it but just talking to people who are smarter than I am. I'm, I'm a concrete contractor, school of hard knocks, uh, uh, and, and not a science-based, uh, you know, I'm not an academic in, in that respect. And so uh, by talking to all of the people in the industry that, that have those science backgrounds, and that's how you learn and you absorb that knowledge. And, and uh, from the entrepreneurial standpoint, I know what products I want to get out on the market. I don't mm-hmm. particularly know how to make them, but that's what I have my PhD chemists and, and all the other right. smart people in our laboratory, and they put the products out that I say, yeah. here's what I want, and they tell me how I achieve it. And that's that's and, the reality. It's just working closely with the academic people that are here. Yeah, and you, and you figure out what you want by talking to the patients in the hospitals and the doctors, and then you bring that back to your staff. Is that Absolute, how it works? Absolutely. Yeah. And then trying to see what's, what's new on the, new on the market, new, new from a delivery systems and, and what the other people are doing and, and, uh, kind of advancing on their ideas and making better products and, you know, encapsulation and def- different delivery methods. That's a big thing too, because <laughs> everybody's physiology is different and you have to adapt your products to be able to, uh, you know, work with, with, with those 
differences in physiology and and what's more effective and and get the get the medicinal values into their system faster and and uh, better or more effectively and there's a whole bunch of values that uh, they, well it, it was like learning Greek actually when I when I first started so uh, and it's still every day's a, a new day and every day I'm learning something new and exciting which is uh, the best part of it. Yeah, and that must be exciting. And let me let me ask you a question about learning this and, and just Canada itself, because you're located in Canada, and Canada seems to be one of the leading countries in in driving the cannabis industry. I mean, I think it's before the U.S. It's even before Central Europe. Um, why do you think that's so? Uh, I, I I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I, Canada Canada is a is a large country. Uh, with only 33 million people uh, uh, populating it, and we have a, a, a lot of uh, there's a lot of cost to running this country, and I think that the government's always looking at ways for increasing their own revenues to be able to add to infrastructure and and just to keep the keep the uh, the economy running smoothly. And this is uh, you know this is brand new money coming into the industry. It's not you know through taxation. It's just a brand new revenue stream that they're going to be able to profit from and and be able to use effectively uh, for government services. I think uh, so. I think for 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 Canada uh, federally, it's it's all about the dollars and cents and something mm-hmm. that's new. I think you know we have a, a liberal government, so we're going to say uh, more open-minded to to uh, these changes uh, and and uh, acceptance. And you know, if the more than half the population says uh, we want to consume cannabis, well, they're going to listen, and yeah. uh, they've they've adapted and made the changes to to do that. Highly regu- regulated. Tons of input from the population on uh, the safety and and uh, uh, many other aspects of the regulations and and uh, so they've they've done a, a really good job in in trying to bring something out that's been as you said earlier kind of a taboo stigmatized uh, product into something that's mainstream and medicinal. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, that's uh, it's always interests me, and I think that's a really good explanation because I never thought of that. And you talk about regulation, and and one last question before we go to the break. It's highly regulated now. Do you see this industry becoming even more regulated, more towards the pharmaceutical, or or do you think, um, uh, you know, it's kind of where it is on regulation? It, it will absolutely enhance. Uh, you know, that's kind of the separation but to take it out of the kind of the garages and the basement laboratories and that type of thing to something that's got to be, you know, GMP pharmaceutical uh, uh, pharmaceutical quality uh, products and and uh, making sure that there's standardized uh, production methodology because without those standards then it's the wild west and you have to have those standards to to be able to uh, make sure everybody's on the same uh, playing field and uh, be able to deliver those those standardized products out to the marketplace with you know maximum THCs and CBDs and and uh, getting the getting the consistency out to the marketplace because everybody will expect that consistency at some point in time and we need to be like the Pfizer's and the and the the large pharmaceutical guys in that in that quality and consistency. Mhm. Okay. So we're we're going to we're going to take a short break now and when we come back from the break I'd like I'd like to move on a little bit and actually talk about the innovation the technology that you use um in the operations and the cultivation and the production because I think you're doing some really interesting things. But we're going to take a short break now and for our listeners we're speaking with Warren Bravo and he's the co-founder and CEO of Green Relief, a licensed producer devoted to bringing innovation and social responsibility to medical cannabis. His mission is to help 
patients, improve their quality of life while furthering the science of medical cannabis and sustainable agricultural growth around the world. Now, if you'd like to reach out to Warren, you can reach out to him on www.greenrelief.ca. And they are also on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under Green Relief LP. And Warren himself is under W Bravo Green Relief on Instagram and on Twitter. It's also under Green under slash relief. And I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis, a business expert and leader. You can contact me with questions and comments at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or join our LinkedIn group at Leadership Beyond Borders or go to my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. And with that, we're going to take a little break and we'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. And today we're speaking with Warren Bravo. And Warren is the co-founder and CEO of Green Relief, a licensed producer devoted to bringing innovation and social responsibility to the medical cannabis industry. And Green Relief's mission is to help patients improve their quality of life while furthering the science of medical cannabis and sustainable agricultural around the world. Now, that's what I would like to talk about now, Warren, is sustainable agriculture 
and how you are cultivating this cannabis. Now, there there are a whole bunch of different methods. Um, can you just kind of tell us some of the different methods people use? Well, there's two two predominant uh, methods, uh, uh, which are basically the the soil grows, which is everybody's used to greenhouse uh, greenhouse type growing, uh, drip irrigation, uh, regular fertigation processes. Then there's the hydroponic, uh, the flood and drain systems, or deep water culture hydroponics, where you're using commercial fertilizers in water and basically flooding the roots of your plants and and having your roots. Uh, uh, in that uh, nutrient solution and absorbing the nitrates, potassium, phosphorus, the NPK, uh, they need to grow and thrive. So that's the the two predominant ways. There's lots of other uh, kind of niche growing methods, aeroponics. Uh, there's lots of different ways to, to grow plants, but you need to find a method that you can scale up commercially because at the end of the day, a commercial operation, you need you know hundreds of thousands of plants to be commercially viable. So those mm-hmm. are the two predominant ways out there. And um, what, which method are you using? Now, you're using something really unique, which is called aquaponics. Can you tell us what that is and how that works? Yeah, absolutely. So, so aquaponics is a symbiotic relationship of, 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 of using water, fish, and plants in a closed-loop recirculating system. So uh, aquaponics uh, is, is the most sustainable form of agriculture used in the world today where I use 90% less water than any other form of agriculture. So basically, you know, aquaponics, uh, I have uh, separate uh, fish in separate tanks uh, that I feed uh, an organic uh, fish food. Uh, They create a solid waste and through a series of clarifying tanks, mineralizing tanks, bioreactor, off-gas tank, basically water flowing from one tank to the next to the next, that solid waste is broken down into a into a nitrate, into phosphorus, into the potassium that the plants need. The water recirculates out of the fish tanks and those those other tanks that I just mentioned through the growing rafts where my plants are suspended on a uh, on a styrofoam, we're going to say, where the roots are uh, are in the water. They absorb all of the nitrates, the potassium, the phosphorus, the micro macronutrients that they need to to thrive, cleaning the water uh, and then returning the water directly back into the fish tank. So it's a closed loop ecosystem basically is what we've established here to, to grow our plants and that same ecosystem that uh, as any freshwater lake that grows lily pads or bulrushes or any vegetation that grows in water is fertilized by the fish that live in that same body of water so we've just commercialized uh, an ecosystem and uh, and got a lot of scientific data to make it uh, totally scalable to any size we want to we want to have it uh, you know directly uh, commensurate to the to, to the number of fish we have in a, in a tank, how big the tanks are, uh, how big the min tanks, the, the bioreactors, and all of the biomass that's, uh, that makes the system work. So uh, scalable, commercial, uh, commercially viable system. Actually, you just said something that actually, I, for our listeners, put it perfectly. Because when I first read this, I was a little bit confused. And, and kind of how I saw it was like this giant aquarium with the plants Someplace else with like lily pads. I liked your analogy to the lily pads, okay? Okay, yeah. um, um, Which I think is perfect for our listeners when they don't have a visual. You know, it's the these fish in these tanks, and then you have the rafts with the plants. And um, the analogy on growing like a lily pad grows, I think, is perfect. I mean, if you were to put describe it to a five-year-old, 
Would that be adequate description? <laughs> yeah, the, the difference is, is that mean, with, there's a lot of misconceptions in the respect that, you know, do we grow the plants in the same body of water where the fish are? Well, right. in, in relative terms, you know, a fish in a lake will eat the roots of a lily pad. And right. basically, uh, you know, that, that kind of uh, inhibits the growth and, and the wild growth of vegetation and water. Uh, so we don't want the fish eating the roots of the cannabis plants. So the fish are separated in their own separate tanks. It's just the water that they live in is circulated throughout the system. Them and then return back to them. So yeah, it's 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 a pretty basic analogy. It's just a closed loop recirculating system. It takes about an hour for the water to leave the fish tanks, and the same water basically returns back, cleaned and filtered from the plants, the plant roots. And I just want to make a note that I think this is the coolest thing. And I'm going to tell our guests you can see a picture on YouTube of how you do it. Um, to go there and look up Warren on YouTube and take a look at it because you can see it. Um, I just think it's absolutely amazing, Warren. So I have a little silly question. Yeah. So what happens to the fish? Like, I mean, fish don't always live forever, right? Not a, so- not a silly question at all. So for, for me, it's about stocking density in a tank. There's an X, X number of fish I need to have in one of my 800-gallon tanks or a 1,000-gallon tank or 3,000-gallon tank. It's all about stocking density and the amount of output. But the fish do have a, have a life. And if I'm going to sell the fish as another profit center to my business – I want to get them out of market size, which is a pound and a half to two pounds. And we are growing tilapia. So they're very, uh, a very good, solid eating fish, uh, uh, great protein uh, values. And they basically, they've been, they've been bred and, and farmed for, for uh, consumption, uh, human consumption. So we purge the fish when they're a pound and a half to two pounds. We put them in a separate uh, tank from uh, the growing operations and we give them a four uh, basically a five-day salt bath and then we uh that happens on a monday morning uh we chill the uh or so we give them that salt bath and we don't feed them kind of purge that that farmed taste i don't know if you've ever bought a fillet from a grocery store a fillet of fish that has kind of a brackish muddy taste to it mm. well that's a, a farmed fish and we purge that taste out by giving them a light salt salt water bath uh, the fish, the, the salt makes the fish a little bit euphoric and relaxed and, and keeps them calm. And then on the last night on a Thursday uh, evening, we chill the water down from about 70 degrees Fahrenheit or 20 Fahrenheit or Celsius down to uh, about 60, uh, sorry, about 55 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, where the fish will go into a dormant state to kind of basically fall asleep. Uh, and then we net them and put them on ice. Uh, and then we, we distribute the uh, fish that we purge from our system to a series of homeless shelters in the greater Toronto area. So all of the fish that we purge from the system, it's approximately 350 every five weeks, a pound and a half to two pound tilapia go to these homeless shelters. And it's very, very difficult for them to get protein uh, in the, in the homeless shelters. So we're happy to donate the fish uh, to, to uh, uh, people who who need them. Uh, And, uh, and that's how we, that's how we get the, Get to get our fish out of the system, basically through donation through the Second Harvest and the Good Shepherd Society. So uh, they provide us a tax receipt for the fish that we that mm-hmm. are purchased from the system, and that tax receipt negates my cost of you know what would be fertilizer uh, that uh, other uh, producers mm-hmm. would be having to face those those cost of goods and fertilizer is a big component of of the cost of of growing a cannabis plant. So that tax receipt negates my cost of of uh, mm-hmm. what would be fertilizer. So from a cost of goods standpoint, we're we're uh, very competitive. So, I mean, that is really great uh, um, 
social responsibility a compliment in your company. I think Thank that's you. absolutely wonderful. 50, and I over, think that, over 50,000 meals uh, so far with the fish that we purged from our system uh, to date. Wow. Wow. That, that's really, really impressive. And, and Warren, this whole thing is impressive. I mean, first is a social responsibility. And then this is much more in, environmentally friendly process, isn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, our, our uh, traditional agriculture is a mess. Uh, you know, everything's uh, everything's GMO. Uh, you know, our soils are depleting. Uh, water is going to be a, a scarce uh, natural resource over the next number of decades. You're going to see it traded on a commodities index one day. I'm I'm, I'm sure of it. Mm-hmm. You know, California is running out of fresh water. All of the southern states. Uh, you know, UK, Cape Town, South Africa. You hear about it all the time, mm-hmm. and it's only going to get worse, not better. So, if you're not latching on to sustainable agricultural techniques now, whether you're growing in a greenhouse and soil or or hydroponically, you you are going to be a dinosaur in the mm-hmm. agricultural world at some point. Yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> and from 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 this whole um, a question on this technology and and what you're using and how does it affect how much you can produce and the cost of that? Does it have also a positive effect on, on how much you can produce and what the cost? Um, I don't even know how, if you could explain. Cost of goods. Yeah. Well, so, so this, this, this industry is like every, whether you're a widget manufacturer, whatever Mm. you do in life, if you're manufacturing something, it's all about your cost, cost of goods. And that's the, uh, that's a huge, hugely important factor. And everybody kind of sees dollar signs in this cannabis industry, but you really have to stick with the basic business fundamentals and, you know, very high quality products to sell to your clients at as low a cost as possible to produce them. And I think that's going to leave you standing when the dust settles in this industry. Uh, it's not all about, yeah, there's a oversupply of uh, or undersupply of cannabis and overpricing right now. Yeah, the, the, the margins are great today. But three years from now, as this product commoditizes, it's going to mm-hmm. be, uh, you know, those prices are going to be supply and demand. So focus on uh, focus on, on costs are, are, are hugely important. And, and aquaponics... Uh, keeps me competitive no ifs ands or buts about it because it is a totally scalable system uh, mm-hmm. we 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 you know negate the cost of, of fertilizing uh, and uh, aquaponics in general terms you get the advantage and speed of growth in a de- of a deep water culture such as hydroponics but you get all the micro macronutrients you get in soil because of the natural bacteria that live in our system so it's i think we get the best of both worlds and it was some uh, vegetable production, we're going to say, take lettuce, for instance, the lettuce, uh, you can grow up to 10 times uh, the amount of lettuce uh, as opposed to uh, a soil-grown uh, lettuce. So we're producing mm-hmm. at least 10 times as much. And I can produce in one acre of aquaponics what you are growing in a, in a field at 30 acres of, of field produce. So. Wow. It's a, it's a, it's. There's definitely some advantages to growing uh, the way we do it, and that's strictly due to the the availability of nutrients in the water, because the roots in the water are there taking up whatever nutrients they want whenever they want it. They're not waiting for a timed dose of 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 blended fertilizers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not waiting for me. They're taking what they want. For me, it's environmental. I create an environment for these plants to thrive in, and the nutrients are in the water, so they just pick up what they want when they want it at whatever phase of growth they're in. It's just that they grow. They just grow quickly, and I get uh, wow. I get more yield because of it. 
No, that's fantastic. I mean, and it's really, it's just such an interesting method. And um, so with this innovation that you're doing, do you, what about uh, in your other operational systems? Because once you get the plants grown, um, you know, obviously you're doing packaging and warehousing and, and shipping. Are you using any special technology to do that? Or how are you doing that? So the plants are finished and they're grown. And what happens next? And are you using any special technology for that? Well, so so as as going back to my last comment about about cost of goods, we you know we try to mechanize everything we can, and and right now we're working out of a small thirty thousand square foot facility or, or three thousand square meter facility, uh, and we've just uh, we're going to be scaling up to a, a, a ten thousand square meter uh, building uh, in uh, East Hamilton uh, shortly, and uh, with uh, expanded operations as well in Halifax, uh, Nova Scotia, and in Thunder Bay, Ontario. So we're ramping up to hundreds of thousands of square feet of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, capacity, uh, shortly. But, you know, at the end of the day, and the, the Hamilton operation, this, this is going to be the central location where all of the, uh, growing facilities are going to ship their products uh, and then they'll be processed in one central location. And for us, the less hands that touch the plant, the more economical the plant is. So we do have uh, automated processes for uh, uh, for stripping the plant of its of the flowers. We have the automated processes for trimming the plants. We have automated drying processes because we sell by weight on the dried side, and we want to make sure that we're drying to a 10% consistency. And my business partner in Switzerland, uh, Daniele Shibano at iFame, iLab, uh, they uh, they've uh, advanced and they they're very technologically advanced in the in all of these mechanized processes and I get a lot of my intellectual property and and uh, process methodology from my partner in Switzerland. So mm-hmm. we're we like to think we are advanced and try to minimize the number of hands uh, that that touch the plants and therefore you know uh, keeping our cost of goods uh, in, in in reality. But there's a whole bunch of things that we do to the plants after because most of our business, uh, 80% of our business is cannabis oil. So the, mm-hmm. the production of cannabis oil for, for as medicine is uh, only going to get more predominant as the industry advances. And, uh, you know, from the oil form, now you have the whole derivative market. You can put those oils uh, or crystals uh, into uh, different forms of derivatives. There's not much you can do with a dried flower that you're going to mm-hmm. traditionally consume uh, such as uh, such as smoking it, but the oil technology is huge. And again, with my partner in Switzerland, we've advanced the technology as a whole bunch of things we're doing on the oil side that are above and beyond uh, what's being done out there in the market currently. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I didn't even think about that with the oil side. That's true. <laughs> of course, there is technology changing that very very rapidly. Um, I do have one more operational question on on this because I find this absolutely fascinating. But we're going to take a a short break, Warren. And when we come back, I'll um, give you that question. And when we come back, I just want to talk about also leadership and entrepreneurship because you you've showed this is you're you're a fantastic entrepreneur, and I'd I'd like to know a little bit about how you go around hiring people and and leading people in this business. And we'll do that when we get back. So for our listeners, we are talking with Warren Bravo. He's the co-founder and CEO of Green Relief, a licensed producer devoted to bringing innovation and social responsibility to the medical cannabis field through the use of aquaponics. And Green Relief's mission is to help patients improve their quality of life while furthering the science of medical cannabis and sustainable agricultural around the world. Now, Warren can be reached at their website under www.greenreliefca.com. 
And also Green Relief is on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under Green Relief LP. And you can reach Warren on Instagram under W Bravo Green Relief. And on Twitter also under at Green underscore Relief. And I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis. You're listening to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. And you can contact me with questions and comments at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. And on my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. And with that, we're going to take a short break and be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you are interested in the business of rental equipment, be sure to check out Rental Equip Talk Radio with host Donald Charbonnet. We talk to some of the top names in the rental industry, as well as cover topics that include safety, training, fleet management, legal issues, and more. We'll also cover the history and future of the rental equipment industry. Rental Equip Talk Radio can be heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and today we're speaking with Warren Bravo, the co-founder and CEO of Green Relief. And Green Relief is a licensed producer devoted to bringing innovation and social responsibility to the medical cannabis field through the use of aquaponics. Green Relief's mission is to help patients improve their quality of life while furthering the science of medical cannabis and sustainable agriculture around the world. Now, Warren, we've been we've it's been really great. You've introduced us to this industry and we've talked about the operations of this industry and the aquaponics, which is absolutely fascinating. And again, I urge our listeners to to go to YouTube. You can actually see what this looks like. It it's fantastic. And we talked about the packaging and the shipping. But, of course, in any industry, 
sales and marketing are also part of the operations. And you talked about, um, you know, one of your products is oils, okay? And But how do you, you know, in a regulated industry, um, how do you do sales and marketing? Or, or can you do sales and marketing? Or how do you Hi. approach this? <laughs> Yeah, that's it's it's highly restrictive from a licensed producer standpoint. The the Health Canada regulations prohibit uh, advertising, so we cannot promote the efficacy of our uh, of the medicinal value of this of this product uh, for specific ailments. Uh, so so basically, we have to try to get other people to talk about us. Uh, we uh, we have lots of uh, education uh, happening with our. Uh, clinic educators. So we get patients right now through our partnerships with, uh, with uh, uh, say, pain management clinics or other types of, uh, of, of, cl- of, of physician clinics uh, where people will come in and say, you know, I'd like to try cannabis for whatever is ailing me. And those doctors will, will educate uh, and then also send us a prescription for, for them to our facility. And then our educators here at, at our uh, client services will help uh, go through the selections of what we have and what they feel might be best for you. But that's a one-on-one phone call. So you have mm-hmm. to get those phones to, phones to ring or get the email chat or get the emails happening. And, and uh, it's, it's a very, very difficult task, which is why we're on all the social media platforms. And when then we do the we do the cannabis shows across Canada and and uh, you know just get our name out there from uh, you know and then the other the other big one is word of mouth because when you put out a high quality product uh, such as our uh, Sunrise CBD oil will say that uh, I can't keep that on the shelves as soon as we get a, a batch produced 24 hours it's we're sold out unfortunately I can't keep enough uh, supply on hand uh, and then your friends will tell friends etc so we need to we we get people talking about us through our social media platforms forms and patient testimonials and solicit feedback from all of our patients on how we can improve and, and do things better. I think people appreciate that and they just get you, you know, uh, get the, get, they talk about you more uh, out there in the space and just that we're a socially responsible company uh, gives us a lot of traction and people, uh, the aquaponics side and then the, the high-end uh, medicinal value and production values we put to our products is, is talked about uh, out there in the market. Pe- people know who we are. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean, it, I would imagine in this, uh, it, it's there's a lot of education, and I think, you know, as you said, the social responsibility with with d- donating the fish, and and um, then you also have high quality products. Um, that's that's word of mouth referral, and um, that's sometimes the best marketing. It's as grassroots as it gets. Absolutely, yeah, exactly. really basic, basic, yeah. straightforward stuff. But I can't have uh, billboards and and uh, right. uh, signage up and and, yeah. and uh, magazine advertising and all that. <laughs> I can. I can just say green relief, and uh, you, then you can guess what I do. If because uh, <laughs> I can't tell you what I'm growing or or what I'm, yeah. what, I'm what I make. Yeah. So it's a it's yeah. a problem. It's a big yeah. problem. Yeah, that, but that's it was interesting um, to learn about how you do it, and and Warren, I'd like to I'd like to now just go to the leadership aspect because you know we we're called Leadership Beyond Borders and we talk about new industries and um, you know this is a a simple yet a complicated industry with the regulations and and I mean all the things that you have to learn as a leader and the industry kind of may have a fanciful appeal to some because it is new. So how you know, as a leader, um, what do you think the most important things that you do as a leader to ensure that your company is going in the right direction um, and getting the right people? 
It's 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 the challenging. Uh, it is challenging in the respect that you know you you have to find uh, 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 as uh, academics uh, people who uh, who live in the world of science and you know I've got uh, I've got uh, PhDs. I have a, a bunch of chemists. I've got uh, people with master's degrees in environmental science and all of these people again who are way smarter than I am. I'm a I'm a concrete contractor. So what do I know about the world of science? And you know through through our affiliations. Uh, and the people that we have here on staff already, we have uh, very uh, uh, big affiliations with some of the local universities in Toronto, uh, Guelph University in, uh, in in Guelph here in in, uh, in Ontario, uh, kind of our our leading bioscience uh, university in Canada, and so so through through those affiliations and the studies that we do here and involving the universities and and other uh, uh, academic uh, uh, partnerships, uh, the word is out there that that. You know, we offer something that's unique and different, and and we are doing uh, high-level uh, production uh, of our products, and that excites a lot of people. We're doing things in our laboratory for cannabis oils that you know that that you would find in the labs of Pfizer and Apotex and Merck's and GlaxoSmithKline and all these big uh, big pharmaceutical companies, and we're doing the same high-level cannabinoid separations and 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 breaking this product down by molecule and and. Uh, chromatography and and all these these uh, short path distillations and all these 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 weird and odd and unusual techniques to highly refine our products so there's a lot of excitement and 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 people uh, maybe two or three years ago the stigma maybe would have uh, uh, prohibited people from wanting to get involved with the industry but it's being accepted more and more as as a medicine I'm not talking about the recreation world so much because I'm a medicinally mm-hmm. focused company but as medicine it's getting to be an accepted product and and so I'm not having the problems finding the the you know the frontline people who just you know work in production on the on the plants or 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 uh, in this world of science through our affiliations knowing how we uh, are using science and and laboratory uh, methodologies and and it's it's an exciting space and you're only limited as I said earlier by your by your imagination so you know I say to these guys I want to uh, produce a, a, a an inhaler an inhalation. Uh, 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 inhalation uh, device for for cannabis. Uh, these guys, that's what they do. They'll sit there for the next uh, three weeks, figure out how to do it, and then we'll we'll try to put it into production. So mm-hmm. uh, it's exciting from that point. But I have to deal with people who, again, who are way smarter than I am in that world. Uh, I can tell them what I want to see, and they they're the people who help me figure out how to get to the end results. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, I mean the the cooperation with the university is always good, and um, I just want to augment that question a little bit on on diversity because um, we do a lot on this show about diversity because we are in a global economy today. Um, so you're located in Canada. Uh, do you have any uh, you know special um, a selection process to to ensure that your your teams are diverse to promote innovation or anything like that. Um, there are lots of lots of internal incentives that uh, that uh, that we uh, give to our to our team members here, our our, our staff. We promote a very. Uh, a family-oriented environment. I have an open-door policy. As the uh, I, I'm now, uh, I, you you introduced me as CEO. I'm actually now the president of the company, and I've okay. got a, a CEO uh, uh, here now, uh, running running kind of the day-to-day stuff where I'm working on more business development and, and operational uh, aspects of the business. But um, no, I, I, you know, we, we, you want to uh, promote a very tight, cohesive group because interaction and communication is key, especially advancing 
this this world of science that I know very little about, and I have to be in communication with the people who who do know more about these things and and help me understand how we can achieve the end results, uh, knowing that there's uh, all the uh, basic business fundamentals we have to uh, apply to to getting products out to the market. You know, I can't uh, you know produce something that costs me twenty dollars a gram and sell it for five. So we mm-hmm. there's all the realities and the checks and balances we have to do, and uh, through communication and. And you know, there's no real criteria here on on who I hire. I'll hire anybody that fits the the the, the job that we need them to do, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we're we are a diverse company. Uh, uh, we 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 uh, promote diversity. We we are working with the uh, Ontario Disabilities uh, uh, um, uh, Government Agency to uh, to promote the you know uh, disabled uh, employees as well. Uh, or uh, uh, our staff with uh, dis- disabilities to be able to have them work. We're, we're fully accessible facilities. So, yeah, we, we uh, it's very important for us to have that, that, that diversity and then have hire people that have that, that, that desire to, to work as a team and, and want to collaborate and, and communicate. Uh, those are the, the largest aspects of, of what, we, what we do and try to achieve here. And you have a really strong mission statement. I mean, when we when we just heard about everything that you're doing for social responsibility, quality products, um, um, environmental responsibility, and and I've read that that is the mission statement that we have here. So, how do you, as a leader, make sure that mission statement is cascaded down through from 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 your position on the top to to somebody who might be in the packing plant? Um, you said you have an open environment. Is there anything else you do to try to make sure that people know what your mission is? No, I think everybody everybody who has any anything to do with the managerial side of of of, of the different departments that we run here, they're all focused on trying to uh, work with companies that that have sustainable outlooks or sustainable products or you know biodegradable in the packaging world and uh, the things that uh, there, there's not enough focus on uh, I think in in the corporate world now I think people have to be more aware of uh, of our environment uh, corporately and and uh, it's just a trickle down you know everybody who's a, a, a very excited and enthusiastic about us using aquaponics I think they're here because we are that company that gives back they're here because we are that company that cares about people and want to create uh, uh, products that that will help people get through the day. So I think everybody's already on board with that part of it. And yeah, it's through collaboration and communication with our different departments that we we use suppliers that are more environmentally friendly. And it just it just trickles down. The word the word is just out there by nature of working here. You are involved in our platform and and uh, what we stand for as a, as a corporation. Yeah. Well, this is really exciting. I mean, you're getting me excited. I want to come to Canada and work for you. You have an <laughs> so, open door. You can come on down anytime. No, anytime. really. I, I just think it's such a wonderful company um, with this social responsibility and everything you're doing. And um, we're, we're getting towards the end of our show now, Warren. And I think this has been really educational because as as we both said in the beginning, I don't think – Everybody knows anything about everything about this industry. It's kind of like this ghost that's out there, and then, until you start to learn about it, so we have a lot of listeners. And as the lead, as a leader in this industry, because you're a leader, if you had one thing that you wanted to say to people about this industry and about your company, what would that be? 
Oh, I would just say, you know, it's uh, again, it's as, as a startup, as something, a new industry, you got to have the intestinal fortitude to kind of to, 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 to get things done. If you can envision it, you can get there. It's just uh, you, you have to have the the uh, wherewithal to, to see it through. And, you know, I, I don't take no for an answer. If somebody says you can't do it, that's a challenge for me. And you just just keep keep pushing, pushing through. I, I don't. uh, uh yeah, I just don't take anything lying down. So I'm a take the bull by the horns uh, kind of uh, personality, and uh, our people appreciate that inside because when we want to get something done, it's all hands on, and we just get things done. So uh, there's a ton of excitement out there, and we're just we're just happy to be in the space and and excited to be in a brand new industry where uh, again you're limited by your imagination only. As long as you play in the rules, you're uh, you can be as as big as you want or as niche as you want and uh, go anywhere. So. Uh, a lot of exciting times ahead. Yeah. Well, thank you. And I think this has been a really great, um, thank you for talking to us. It's been really great. It's great to hear this entrepreneurial story in this brand new industry. And um, you got me, certainly got me excited about learning a little bit more. And I hope our listeners also. And for our listeners, um, we've been talking with Warren Bravo, and he is the co-founder and you said president now of Correct. Green Relief, okay? Yep. And uh, you're a licensed producer devoted to bringing innovation and social responsibility to the medical cannabis field through the use of aquaponics. And again, I'm just going to put that plug in there to go to the YouTube because I just thought that was the coolest thing when I looked at the YouTube video cool. of how you do it, okay? Awesome. Thank um, you. So, and thank you for having me on. It was great. It was a great yeah. interview, and I really appreciate the, the questions. Thanks for that. Thank you so much. And for our listeners, if you want to reach out to Warren, you can reach out to him on his website at Green Relief CA, and also you can get more information about them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Green Relief LP. And if you want to go to Instagram, Warren's also under on Instagram under W Bravo Green Relief and on Twitter also they have a Twitter handle at Green underscore Relief and so once again Warren thank you very much my pleasure Kimberly thank you for having me and listeners don't forget to tune in to us each week at 3 p.m. on Tuesday specific time it's always here, great to have you tune in, and you can hear from us stories like we heard today from great entrepreneurs. You can learn about new business and new business sectors. We're constantly changing and living in an economy based on change, and you can learn about the change and the kind of leadership we need for that change on this podcast. And this podcast is brought to you by Leadership Beyond Borders and Global Business Therapy SRO. Global Business Therapy is a company who does leadership training and consulting throughout Europe and the United States and also throughout North America. And we also have the Women's Leadership Academy 2020, which specializes in diversity and C-level development for women. So please go to leadershipbeyondborders.net and take a look at the Women's Leadership Academy 2020. And please contact me, your host, Kimberly Lewis, at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. And until then... Tune in to us next week, but you can also download us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And for now, I'm signing out until next Tuesday. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.